talking about a passion and a drive. Now, the Japanese yeah. have a concept called ikigai, okay? Iki means life, gai means passion, okay? Life passion. They make a Venn diagram out of it, how they get into the middle. Things, That's really cool. Things that, uh, things that I'm passionate about, things that people want. Uh, things that I'm good at, and things you can get paid for, and then it goes in. Then it goes inside another concentric circle, and then in the middle, that's your ikigai, your passion. And if you're not doing something that you're passionate about, then you're absolutely wasting your time. That's actually a really good way to to figure that out. High school kids should be learning. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> like I feel like that's a great high school. Yeah, lesson. ikigai. It's a, it's, a, it's a wonderful. It's a wonderful type of concept. Yeah. So also, what you were talking about, Chris, is the ability to step back and objectively critique your own work yeah you you can't think that what you're doing is the greatest thing but you also have to make choices about what you want your work to be uh when part of the thing with a bunch of the shows that i've written is like i've gotten this criticism a lot is oh the ending of your shows are never really that funny like that's supposed to be the funniest part like the closer is supposed to be the funniest joke you've ever written you know, and that's all fine and good. But uh, when I wanted, I, I wanted to do comedy that had a message and a point, um, things that I'm, ex things, you know, philosophies and information that I'm excited about, you know, issues that I think are important and worthwhile to talk about, even though society has dictated that we don't. But when you close the show, I stopped caring probably like four or five years ago about whether that last line is particularly hilarious. Hold on. I want to take a little bit of credit here. <laughs> because when you ended Approaching Happiness, your uh -huh. last hour, right? Yeah. When you were finishing up, tweaking, polishing your bits. I'm mm. never going to forget that one. You should title the episode Polishing Your Bits. Uh, oh <laughs> I remember saying to you, uh, I can't remember the last line and I don't want to say it either because of the audience should listen to Approaching Happiness. It's a great hour of comedy. Uh, you say something with a lot of impact. And I said, Krish, oh, I love that. End with the impact. End with the impact. And you were like a little on the fence about it. Well, I was a little on the fence about it. But because, I was like, Because yeah, I kept thinking, so I was good, like, it that has last to. Line. Ooh. Yeah, it has so, to be funny. It has to be funny. I but helped. Then, yes, you <laughs> helped. You helped. Or I made note. things worse. I, I, sure. I, I have a little note. Uh, I, I, I write certain things in my note app and one of my notes things has i helped written on the bottom of it uh from her yeah. uh but yeah but you you have to make a choice about that though like i i do still get criticisms of like oh there isn't a the last two minutes of what you're saying has zero laughs yes because i specifically wrote it that way i'm making a choice because i don't need it to end in a laugh we've spent an hour and 23 minutes together you think we can't spend three minutes of that not laughing? I think we'll be fine. I think we're going to be okay. I want this to be more than just a couple of chuckles. I think I think the comedy is a vehicle to get you to a bigger thing, you know, get you to understand certain things. Because that's what comedy's done for me. Well, I was able to fortunately attend your last uh you were recording your album. Yeah, and thank you for and, coming. Uh, oh, that's my pleasure. Uh, however, what I found that... At the end, you wanted people. You wanted people to leave that theater thinking. Yes, you wanted to challenge yeah. people. You wanted to think outside the box. Maybe present some information that wasn't screaming and yelling and in your face, but yeah. uh, but straightforward, sober, realistic talk. Yeah, I uh, 
the whole goal of this show is to get us to realize that we can come together as a community in various different ways and work together to make something better for the future you know so that does mean that you know that that means that the now might be a little bit tougher and you might not get to reap the rewards of your work and that's okay but but in 10 years we're going to be able to do some really cool shit together you know and you contributed to that because it all falls in with you know it all falls in line every choice we make falls in line to the next one so why not think about these ideas and when people come up and say well oh building homes for the homeless that'll never work well no it already did we did it a couple hundred years ago and that society thrived so why don't we look at that society and try to emulate it again because it seems like we just kind of ignored it so i just want to remind people like yeah these ideas are not new and you and we can execute them but it's going to mean that we're going to need all of us involved that's going to mean that there are going to be people that don't like your idea and that's okay because you can sit there and go okay man why don't you like my idea and you sit down and have a conversation and you go well i okay thank you for explaining that to me but i still i still disagree with you and i'm going to go execute my idea well i love your uh title as a social vigilante yeah actually that's how i describe you to people <laughs> uh, however just like a therapist, therapists don't run the friendship club, okay? Yeah. It's, it's our job is to frustrate people and make them think so they can have some, <laughs> some productive change, okay? I'm not running the friendship club. I'm not going to sit here and talk to you about the weather or, uh, you know, what Aunt Mary did last week and oh, how sad that was. Or, yeah. I'm, I'm not interested in soap opera drama, actually. I'll listen to it, okay, for a while. All right. Yeah. However, in your point, when you have people thinking, and you know what? Some people don't like to think. No. Some people not. don't like to <laughs> begin to realize that maybe everything that they've been told is wrong. Mm -hmm. Or they've received a slanted view. Like we were discussing earlier before uh, we began to record about it's the winners who write the history books. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, which is unfair. You know, because I think the details go missing because it's controlling the narrative to make yourself look better. Well, when, St when Peter Stevenson bought Manhattan for $24 worth of beads, uh, they viewed that as, you know, he was a brilliant businessman, slickered the Indians, da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. When actually, the Indians thought that was a gift because they had no conception that anyone could own or buy land or sell it. They had yeah. no conception of that. Right. And they so, were literally shocked when they these guys came in with these thundering sticks and moved them out. Yeah, it's like how do you explain the idea of money to somebody that's like we've never needed it in our society works just fine. They're like, "Oh no, no, but we have these papers and coins that we added value to, and the more you have, the more value you as a person has." Mm. And it's like, "Wait a minute. <laughs> what are you guys talking about?" Right? Like you can't. So, how do you kind of explain that? And can you sit down and be like, okay, this is what this does? You guys are trading goods and goods and services and resources with each other. Now you don't have to give up your resources. You can just use this this note that represents X Y Z. It's not a bad idea, but maybe the natives could have had a better way of 
you know, utilizing currency the way that we know currency in a system that doesn't exploit people, but rather that's basically what we did with it. You know, like she list mentioned earlier, it's like you went against your natural inclination to play shows. I think currency are when we when we have this thing, this currency, this money, right? Uh, I think our natural inclination is to get more of it so we can exploit other people to get more of it. Well, some people keep score with it. Now, let's be realistic. You can't stuff enough best wishes and good intentions in an envelope to pay your electric bill. Okay. True. You could try it. Yeah. You could try it. Okay. The electric company is not going to like it. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> but uh, but the, 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 whole, the whole concept of keeping score with money. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't particularly like it. And I've definitely had a bunch of people that have said that to me in terms of uh, I can't make the statements that I'm making on stage mm -hmm. because I don't have the money to back up what I'm saying, which is kind of weird because what basically what I'm saying is the antithesis of what you're describing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's like there is a whole warp perception of reality happening there, but it's also that what I'm saying is good based mm -hmm. on how much money I make from my shows. So, you know, there might only be 10 people at a show and I might only make $35, but does that does that mean that what I'm saying doesn't have any worth to it? And to some people because of how much money I made because I walked away with $35, no, it doesn't because you only made $35. But there's a guy at the club 3 blocks away that's, you know, juggling rubber chickens and, you know, farting into a microphone. Well, he just made $700. So obviously that guy is better than you because he made $700, you know? Well, quite often when we work with young ladies, and it's unfortunate the young ladies begin mm -hmm. to lose their self-concept and self-esteem around the age of nine. Okay. I didn't make that up. It's a sad, it's a sad fact. Mm -hmm. So, however, flowers don't compare themselves to other flowers. They no. bloom. It's everyone's responsibility to make themselves bloom. But however, we seem to insist, we love ourselves, but we seem to love the other's opinions of us more. Yeah. Okay. So the whole idea is that flowers don't compare themselves to other flowers. And this is where particularly where young ladies uh, get overwhelmed with the, all the information overload that's out there. Okay. Well, I'll tell you a little a story out of my own family history. Uh, I had a great uncle that they owned a big department store in a, in a town and uh, they were quite well to do. Well, the depression came and uh, people, they, of course, everybody, on our credit mm -hmm. and people started bringing their things back they said you know mr Omar, we can't pay for this we kept it in good shape we're going to bring it back what broke his heart so what he did he put an advertisement in the paper that said as of this date i cancel all debts both personal and business wow. so wow. it ruined him of yeah. course because the banks weren't as kind yeah. okay so when we go up in the, to the summer and do the or my plot to cemeteries i always point i always tell that story and i say you know what he may not be the richest man in the cemetery but he may be the best man in the cemetery yeah so how do you want to be remembered yeah live every day as it's the last day of your life yeah who do you want to be with what would you say what would you do yeah 
I think that's sort of the most important thing. And that's also one of those things like, I know it's kind of a morbid thought Mm -hmm. to have, but again, it's like I wrote the show. The show is long. It's like an hour and 20 some odd minutes. Um, But I wrote it because I was like, what if I don't have a chance to say this? What if I don't have a chance to, to, you know, in a year, if I can't tour anymore, if I can't say what I need to say anymore, for whatever reason, whatever happens, at least, at least this is out there. And now it's like something that I can build off. In of. the Buddhist world, the concept is that death defines life. Okay. Sure. Yeah. And how do I want to be, how do I want to be remembered? Live life, live your life with no regrets. It, the best, on your last breath, the best thing would be no regrets. Yeah. No regrets. So, and that takes, that takes a conscious choice every single day to, to make that conscious choice every single day. I choose, I choose two most powerful words you can say. I choose. Absolutely. We have the social vigilante. We have the, uh, golden voice, the singer who has a, an edge to her. I love that edge of yours. So where do you move from here? What's, what's going on in your life? We're about to go on vacation. That's our honeymoon. Pretty, our honeymoon. We're about yeah, to go I I keep to calling India. It, I keep calling it a vacation because that's kind of what I'm lo- also looking at it as. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about India. Maybe most people don't know your background, Chris. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I'm I'm from there. I was born there. I moved here when I was eight. So, um, And it's been about eight years since I've been back. Uh, I was there it's like 22 or 23 or something like that. So I mean, even then, it, it had changed pretty pretty significantly mm-hmm. uh, since since I'd been there as a kid. Um, it wasn't as industrial or as westernized as it is now. There's a lot of highways now, and um, you know, it is starting to become more western, which I think is sort of the natural course of it. We've been. You know, India and really gained its modern independence in '42. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, uh, that's not that long. So for a while, it's still like trying to catch up with what has been in place, and still, you know, dealing with its own independence. And I think now it's like they're 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 getting in they're getting into you know some of the we- more westernized conveniences which so is what type of what type of questions do you get about india what type of misconceptions oh do a ton you... of it uh people don't you know it's like oh do you have working toilets or is it just you know dirt and shit all over the place like, no. no can you tell the joke oh, i like the joke God, is I it possible remember the he's joke. not good at this so i go oh, tell that joke and he's like yeah he does that what i just happened? i don't remember it i did i wrote a joke about the misconceptions and like all the weird questions that i have uh it is the opener of my album how not to fit in <laughs> can if i you want to go listen to I it i could try it do you remember it i think so yes. i remember I mean, like not one word or two. for word not like you do it but yeah. i can like try to tell the jokes the album is uh, or the 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 track is called six-armed dolphin oh yeah so, that's good. i'm not gonna yeah. tell the whole thing okay. it's just the toilet part all right so like what did you what do you guys have toilets in india is it just like a hole in the ground do, do you know that that's what a toilet is here? It's it's a hole that 
that goes into the ground. You know that, right? Yeah, like it's the same put, same thing. Decided to dress it up with ceramics. Yeah. <laughs> just put a ceramic throne over it here. Yeah, I don't think I said ceramic I like throne, joke. but I, I think ceramic. I added throne my own been, flair to it. Oh, that's a good line. <laughs> ceramic throne would have been would have made that. If I would have worked on it for another year, I would have come up with ceramic throne. <laughs> I helped. So there's a there's a quote in the twelve step book, and I'll paraphrase. This is by a fellow by the name of Herbert Armstrong, I believe, he was a contemporary of Charles Darwin, and he said, "There's one sure principle that will keep a person in everlasting ignorance, and that is contempt prior to investigation." Yeah, I don't know how much of their questioning comes from contempt. I think it comes from misinformation, which I think that misinformation might have been delivered out of contempt. So. Yeah, so I guess if you go back far enough, there's there's some form of contempt somewhere. I look at it as I look at it as like curiosity. And I've had this I had an argument with somebody. Um this young lady came to my show in Columbus and she had just moved there, you know, was making friends, she came to the show, and we had this conversation of like, I think it's important to educate people, especially about misconceptions, you know. So um the comic that was also on the on the show with me was an older black comic. She was uh, maybe maybe in her forties, but that's what she was like. Yeah, a lot of people don't understand really what took place in the civil rights era. It's just the same thing as like people don't really understand what it's like in a modern country that is considered a second world country because of where it stands in the economic rankings, right? But like by no means is the philosophy and what we have in India like any different than what's here, right? Like go to any rural community in India, it's almost no different than rural communities in America. You know, they have their superstitions, they have their religions, they have their farms. So, but people don't know that and we have to educate them to dispel hate and this this young lady was very upset because she's like, I'm tired of telling people this. They should just know. And I was like, people just don't. Mm. You don't know. Even instinct is learned. You learn what your instincts are. That's You just don't. People don't know. You have to, you have to either teach them or they have to go to India to see it. And people just don't have a bunch of money and time laying around to go to a different country and experience it for a while. So you know, you did. You have that information. Why are you keeping it to yourself? Oh. Ah. Right? I mean, that's sort of the way that I look at it is I have a bunch of information and you have a bunch of information. Why don't we tell each other what the information is? And yeah, we'll be, I think we'll be better off. Probably, right? So that's keeping the light under a bushel basket. Okay. So that's what I consider you helping people just open their eyes and explore possibilities. There may be another way mm-hmm. to look at this. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of hear that from uh, our parents a couple times when we talk to them about things. Is like, oh, I never, I never looked at it that way. It's like, yep, I know. Neither did I until I did. And, and, <laughs> you're, and you're pointing out blind spots. You're looking at things from all different types of angles. Yeah. And to be non-judgmental and objective is one of the most difficult things to train our minds to do. Please check out our website at fishingwithoutfaith.com where you can listen to the show 
comment on our discussions, and find out where you can subscribe to our podcast. If you're interested in flying the colors of Fishing Without Bait, click the shop icon on our website. We have clothing, mugs, cell phone cases, and so much more. Show the world that you fish without bait. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.